Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast of the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship, located in Southeast Ontario. Unitarian Universalism is a progressive free faith grounded in the promises of community and inspired by how we hold our shared faith's principles and sources. For more information about Canadian Unitarianism, please go to our website, kuf.ca, and our national website, cuc.ca. For this morning service, all of the songs will be sung unaccompanied and taught by ear by Rev. Wendy Luella. The included music is all original material by Wendy Luella Perkins. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Maureen, and it's an honor and a privilege to be your service weaver this morning. Welcome to the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship, a special place with open minds and open hearts. Today, may you open your mind to new ways of being, your eyes to new ways of seeing and your voices to new ways of singing. If this is your first visit, a very warm welcome. Do join us after the service. We're having shared lunch today with food, drinks, and conversation. Today we're pleased to have as our speaker, Reverend Wendy Luella Perkins. Wendy's our affiliated community minister who uses music in her ministry. She will share her joy of music and take us on a magical musical morning. And now Reverend Wendy will light the cellist flame. May this flame ignite the music within us all and help us to vibrate with joy. sacred community. Welcome to this sacred space and welcome to this sacred hour. May the blending of our voices help us remember that our beauty is found in contributing to the whole. May the silences we share help us hear again the still small voice within us. And may the stories that we share 
remind us that we are not alone. May this precious time set apart from the whirlwind and demands of everyday life help us connect more compassionately with ourselves. More compassionately with ourselves and more compassionately with one another and more compassionately with the mysteries and wonders of living. Seems right to use a music stand to preach. Um, for me, anyway. Um, <laughs> I want to say that like the, the parents and caregivers the world over, and like the woman in the story that we heard by Robert Munch, my mother sang to me when I was a wee little one and throughout my childhood and really into my adulthood as well. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. That song, Irene, good night. Irene, good night. Good night, Irene, good night, Irene. I'll see you in my dreams. Oh, we ain't got a barrel of money. Maybe we're ragged and funny, but we'll travel along singing a song side by side. I could do the whole next 25 minutes singing songs that my mother sang to me when I was a little girl. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> However, um, uh, it's amazing because I looked around and I would say at least 80% of the people without any words with really the first three words of a song, we're able to sing that whole song, right? It's kind of magical. And I think one of the magical things that I, I love about the story that we heard, the story for all ages, in addition to it accessing emotion, like that's a beautiful story to read if you feel stuck and you want to have a cry, you know, it's nice to have a book that you can look to and access that. But I think one of the things that I really appreciate about that story is how beautifully it tells um, about how we pass information on generation to generation through the oral tradition. And how something very simple can be shared from one parent to a child or a grandparent or a caregiver to a child and then that child holds that song in their heart and at some point later can transmit it to the next generation. From lips to ears to heart and from heart to lips to ears. But it's not just a children's ditty that can be passed from generation to generation. 
Um, the oral tradition is actually most of the way information has been actually passed through humans for most of human history. It's really only in the last 2,500 years where written form has occurred that, that, that it's been in writing that we started to transmit information. And now, which we live in a totally different age in terms of just the amount of contact that is being passed on technologically. But really, for our, the bulk of our human history, 99.9%, it was through the oral tradition. Um, from Wikipedia, I, I read, I share this with you. The oral tradition or oral lore is a form of human communication wherein knowledge, art, ideas, cultural material is received, perceived, preserved, and then transmitted orally from one generation to the next. The transmission is through speech or song and may include folk tales, ballads, chants, prose or verses. And in this way, it's impossible for society to transmit oral history or oral literature or oral law even from, and knowledge from generation to generation without a writing system or sometimes in, in parallel to a writing system. Music has been a vitally important mnemonic device for thousands and thousands of years. It's a way that we remember. David Ruman is a specialist in autobiographical memory and oral traditions, and in his groundbreaking book, Memory and Oral Traditions, he explains how epic stories like Homer's The Iliad and The Odyssey were passed down verbally with poetic devices. For, for just for your information now, maybe Ruth could, could cause, no, say, but the Iliad is 170,000 words. You know, but that's what I heard. But you know, it's a huge, it's a huge, right? It's a huge, huge story with so many intricacies. And yet, before the, it was written down, it was shared from one voice to another. And there were people in the culture that were memorizers that would use mnemonic devices and chants and songs to remember big chunks of it. It's amazing what our brain can do when we integrate words and music. Because it's both a left brain and a right brain, I don't know which brain I'm pointing at, but it's, it's both sides of our brain when we integrate a tune and words. It is powerful in terms of how much we can remember and how much we can, um, yeah, can, can pass on. And, and so the oral history has been so vitally driven by this capacity of human beings to bring these two parts of our brains together through music. Now, for those of you who know me, and there are several people here who know me quite well, um, I have long lamented one thing. What have I long lamented? That I have a terrible memory. That I... <laughs> Thank you, Lynn, that I have a terrible, terrible memory. And I really do have a really bad memory in the sense that I have absolutely no visual memory. Pretty much none. I don't think in images. Images never come in my head. There's never anything. Usually people say, what's going on in there? It's like basically just blank space and songs. But really, I don't have any really... And, and, it's, and I've lamented this because... I've had some really, in my history, I have some memories that I'd like to remember. Like, I would really love to remember my wedding day, but I don't. 
people tell me stories about my wedding day and I say, okay, I believe you and I can sort of imagine that I was there and I was there, but I don't have anything visual that says I was there. I look at pictures and I go, oh yeah, I was there, look at that. <laughs> I was ordained by this congregation. You gave me this beautiful stole. That helps me remember. But um, uh, I don't really remember that. I do not have a visual memory and apparently a small percentage of the population doesn't. If you want to put your hands up, how many of you think in, vi in images? How many have images in your head? Yeah, that's right. It's about like 70, 80, 80% 80 thing again. It's <laughs> about 80% of people think visually. And really a very small percent of people cannot really think, think visually. So I, for, for a long time I really lamented that. I lamented that I did not remember. I've wept over it. I really, it's like, gosh, because our lives are about continuity, right? Even though we might say, let's live in the moment. Yes, yes, living in the moment is important. But really, we, we live in the moment in a way because we can do this thing between the past and the future. Anyway, so, yeah. I have a hard time conjuring up the image of my husband of 23 years in my head. Nothing. But I did see him this morning. <laughs> and so I lamented this for a long time, but I also recognize that I have something that many people don't have in terms of a memory, and that is a really strong auditory memory. Like, really strong. Like, I, inside of here, there's like hundreds of songs that could just go like, pop, 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 that I just have that are inside of me. Hundreds of songs. Songs that I learned from my mother, Songs that I learned from the radio, songs that I learned from record albums. You know, remember those albums? They spun around. CDs. Um, and my own songs that I've written. And when I look at the body of my work as a singer-songwriter, um, and I have written hundreds and hundreds of chants, yeah, many hundreds, and probably several, several hundred folk songs and children's songs. When I look back at them, I really see that they are all an effort to connect me with something about my history and something about the moment and something about the future. When I really look at those songs, and I'll tell you, there's four kinds of songs that I write, and I look at, I think other people's songs are probably similar, but I know for myself, there are four kinds of songs that I've written. First are story songs. One more dance, give me one more dance with you. One more dance, just one last dance with you. That's a song I wrote about my mother. We always would dance in the kitchen. And I remember thinking, I'm going to forget that we used to dance in the kitchen. I need a song that reminds me of that. And that song does that for me. It connects me to that part of my history. And it also rem reminds me that I love to dance. I want dance to be in my life. The second kind of song I write are kind of meditation prayer, meditations, kind of prayer songs, or what I would call is song in the form of medicine, medicine songs. And a medicine song for me is something that reminds me of some essential truth that I want to cultivate in my life, something that I want to be reminded of, 
that I actually think is really important and that I want to bring into my life in a day-to-day -day way. What am I rushing to? What am I rushing for? What am I rushing to? What am I rushing for? Slow down, slow down and savor. Slow down, slow down and savor. That's a powerful piece of medicine in a song for me. As someone who is a ch -ch 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 person, who's a multitasker, who often has many things on the go, when I am frazzled, frenetic, going at different directions, sometimes in opposition, that is a song that comes to me and reminds me that the moment and slowing down and being in the moment is something I am committed to. Even though a thousand times a day I'll do something different that's in opposition to that, it really is an essential truth, a medicine that is something that I need and I want to cultivate. So the second kind of songs are those kind of songs that I write to remind myself of how I want to live and what's vitally important. Third is the good old feeling song. As I said earlier, you know, we're human beings and, and a lot of times we're containing our feelings, aren't we? And, we, we, you know, we have to in everyday life, right? You can't just, you can't get angry and shout or cry or, or, or you know, hug people incessantly in certain contexts. We need to learn how to moderate our feelings. But, but in other times, I feel like we, 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 we go on the other side of that and, and become very rigid about not sharing our feelings, right? We can do that. There's a risk of doing that. And so I have a lot of songs that help me access feelings. Like this one that I wrote for my grandson. It goes like this. I, but it goes, it was for my grandson, but it's also for me, and you'll get this when you hear it. I get a little grumpy when I'm hungry. I do. I get a little grumpy when I'm hungry. I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. The great thing about this song is like, I get a little grumpy when I'm tired. I get a little grumpy when I'm overextended. I get a little grumpy when I'm thirsty. I get a little grumpy when I need to pee. You know, like, the thing is, is that our emotions are connected to our bodies, right? Anyway, so that's, so I have songs that are about feelings. And finally, I have songs about the moment. I have a lot of songs about the moment, I think, because, because when you don't have a strong memory, a visual memory, I am actually living in the moment quite a lot because I don't have the intrusion of the past on me. 
I live with somebody who has kind of like a movie memory. You know, he can, he, he can say, oh yeah, when I was four, I lived in that house in Geneseo, New York, and my mother was da 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 and like he has a movie that goes on in his head. I never have movies. It's always pretty empty in here. So I have songs that remind me that the moment is a good moment. Whatever this moment brings, breathe in. Whatever this moment brings, breathe in. Whatever this moment brings, breathe out. Whatever this moment brings, breathe out. Whatever this moment brings, breathe in. Whatever this moment brings, breathe out. Whatever this moment brings, breathe in. Whatever this moment brings, breathe out. Whatever this moment brings, breathe in. Whatever this moment brings, breathe out. While I have been writing little ditties in and for the moment since I was probably three or four years old, it really wasn't until I started a group called Soulful Singing that I really started to lean into the, the gifts of a person that has primarily an auditory memory. And Soulful Singing is a singing meditation gathering that I've been hosting for the last 16 years. Um, I do that in my home, and I've been meeting for 16 years in my home every week. But I also have groups in Battersea. I have a group that meets in Prince Edward County. Um, I, and I've also done, over the years, many, many one-time groups for all kinds of different contexts. And I think one of the main things about soulful singing, this kind of singing meditation, is it all is by oral transmission. It is all by heart. And you know what? Rather than needing a piece of paper, I, I, I don't want to talk about any kind of apop, apocalypse, but there might be some time in the future where we might not have access to the technology that we currently have. You know what I mean? Or even when you go for a camping trip and you, know, you, have, you forget that you brought something. When you have things inside of you that cannot be taken away by a power outage, or shoot, we lot the bag got tipped over in the canoe and all the song sheets went down the river. When you have something inside of you, it's a great, it's a great resource. When our body is that, you know? Our body is the receptacle. And I think it's very good to have some heart songs. Songs that you know by heart inside of you. Now, you all, we already know that you can, you can, most of you can at least do You Are My Sunshine, I Ain't Got a Barrel of Money, and a few other songs in your heart, but it is good to cultivate that. Cultivate those songs. In soulful singing over the years, what has evolved is that collectively we have end up ended up creating songs together. That's been a very magical thing, and uh, it evolved in, in wonderful ways, but that really has happened over the 16 years I've done soulful singing. So we, we collectively, we've created songs collectively, and then people have gone off into their own world and, and recognized that they can make songs up about their own life, that punctuate their own life. It's magical, it is magical. 
this last year, and there are a couple people are here, I think, from this group, is, uh, well, in 2015, I got a grant from the Ontario Arts Council to do a project called Peace Song. I had a wonderful first year, and then, miraculously, your tax-paying dollars also gave me a second grant to do um, a, a project called Peace, Peace Song Building Bridges. Now, this is a collaborative arts project between myself, the artist, the Peace Quest, which is an organization that some of you are connected with, a peace organization here that was founded here in Kingston, and the Kingston Community Health Center in the North End. Um, and so the participants were drawn from KCHC, from Peace Quest, from the North End, from contacts that I had, but in, in that group, some of the folks um, had lived experience of poverty, of addictions, of mental health challenges. And the songs that we were creating together were songs based out of that place. All of us had a story. We all, we tried to share our stories wherever it was we came from. And when we brought our stories all together, um, songs emerged. And I want to share with you one of the songs that was written this year that I think really speaks to that idea that evoking our own stories and songs. And it goes like this, it goes. Sing your songs, tell your stories, speak your truths, take inventory, and listen, listen, listen. Sing your songs, tell your stories, speak your truth, take inventory, and listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen for songs emerging from our own lives. Listen, listen, listen. Last month I had the great fortune of traveling to, to um, Caledon to offer soulful singing to a group of United Church folk. Um, who were gathering for a sort of a re gifts, renewing our spirit uh, weekend. And we sang together, all the whole group, there was maybe 60 or 70 people there. And also I did a couple of workshops where 10 or 12 people came to each workshop and we sang together. I'm going to tell you a story with the permission of the gentleman that told it. Um, I'll tell you a story about what happened in one of those groups. Um, we sang for about 30 minutes um, in that kind of sing and response and then in a meditative way with silence in between. So we'd sung for about 30 minutes and I could really feel the energy from like the really sink down and that people were connecting with themselves and each other in the circle of song. And then I asked if anyone had any songs that they would like to share in the circle. Anybody want to have, because I often do that because somebody else might have a song that they'd like to sing. This guy next to me, big guy, burly guy, big burly guy, says, well, well, I have some words I'd like to make a song out of. And I said, oh, okay. And then he proceeded to tell us this story. He said, you know, this year I've had a really serious health crisis. It's turned my world upside down, actually. And I'm not sure what the future might bring. But I knew that my time could be short, and so my son and I decided we'd take a trip together. 
His son was in his early 30s. And so they decided to go to Nashville, talk about a place for music, right? And they went out and saw and heard so many bands and some amazing, amazing music. And then one morning at breakfast, he said, the two of them were chatting about how amazing the music had been. And, and, and then Sid, this is the gentleman's name, said, if I could write a song, it would be called The Mountain of Love. Because that's what I feel being here with you. The Mountain of Love. So they're in this circle with 12 people who were basically strangers to each other. A couple people knew each other, but most of us were getting to know each other in the circle. He said, you know, and if, if I were to write that song, The Mountain of Love, the words would be, at least some of the words would be, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the mountain of love? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the mountain of love? I said, okay. I'm sh we can make a song about that, for sure. And he was like, really? I said, absolutely. And so what I took them through was a little exercise in soundscaping. So we just kind of made some oohs and ahs and got loosened up. And then this is the song that emerged. And I'm going to teach it to you right now. It goes like this. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the mountain of love? Are you ready? Come on, stand up. Are you ready if you want? Are you ready for the mountain of love? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the mountain of love? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the mountain of love? Well, are you ready? Are you ready for the mountain of love? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the mountain of love? And it goes like this. Yes, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready for the mountain of love. Yes, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready for the mountain of love. Well, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the mountain of love? Yes, I am. Yes, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready for the mountain of love. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the mountain of love? Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready for the mountain of love. Hmm. There is an immense power in a song. An immense power to navigate the past and the present and the future. And especially when we take the songs that mean something to us or we create songs out of our own lives. That song, Mountain of Love, I'm not kidding, we sang that song for 15 minutes. And harmonies happened. We just, it was just, it was electric. The room was electric. They're heart songs that you have. Which brings me back to the beginning. We sang a song early. I love you forever. I like you for always.
please? What I made up that tune up? How did it go? Take it back to me. I love you. Like you for always. No. Ah, baby, you'll be lent for. I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. No, as long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. How many people knew that story before coming here today? Yeah, lots of very, it's a familiar story, but I'm not sure if you all know the, how the story got written. So the story got written, started as a song, a little song that Robert Munch made up when after two of the children that they had were stillborn. And he writes, I made that up after my wife and I had two bed babies born dead. The song was my song to my dead babies. And for a long time I had it in my head and I couldn't even sing it because every time I tried to sing it I just cried and cried and cried. It was a very strange thing having a song in my head that I couldn't sing. But then for a long time it was just a song in my head. But then one day, telling stories at a big theater at the University of Guelph, it occurred to me that it might be able to make a story, make a story around the song. And out popped Love You Forever, pretty much the way it is in the book. Everybody makes up their own tune for this book. The way I sing it in the story is my version, but you are supposed to make up your own tunes. The book, which has sold millions and millions of copies, came out of pain and loss. Profound pain and loss, but also out of that mountain of love. The mountain of love felt for those two babies. And the song was born, and the story was born, and it became a gift that's been transmitted from one person to another, to another, to another. This mountain of love that we share, that we hold in our hearts, is not just to be held in our hearts, but it is to be shared. From our lips, to our ears, to our heart. From our heart, to our lips, to our ears. And may the songs we sing by heart gather up the pieces of our past, speak to this moment, and help guide us with compassion and vision into the future, generation to generation to generation. May it be so. And those will be our closing words today. May the beauty we love be what we do. There are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. Go in peace and love, friends, with a song in your heart. Amen. Thank you very much, Wendy. It's shared lunchtime, and there's, um, I'm not sure what, what we call it, but a rental at 1.30.
in this space. Wow. So uh, after we share our lunch, um, we'll help set up the chairs again. Okay. Okay. Time to have food and conversation. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service podcast from the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship. Please feel free to check back each month for additional episodes, and if you're able to contribute financially to this community-supported enterprise, we would deeply appreciate your generosity in any amount.